This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Now listening to Sweep the Rack podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, Rob? What's good, homie? I want to curse. I want to. Let's go. Let's go. U.S. Open rundown. I'm so hyped right now. Let's go. That was such a good show yesterday. Yo, the move us doing the show Monday night has screwed me up now because now I think it's Thursday and now I, I think tomorrow's Friday and I'm realizing it's Monday. I'm like, good lord! But uh, you know, the only dis- disappointing thing about this is that it's Monday. Well, you know, I I said this to my coworkers today in my in my office. I said, oh, you, they're like, are oh, you doing your show Monday nights now? I said, yeah, man. Nobody comes in, uh, you know, after NFL Sunday, and nobody talks about the show, uh, the game on Thursday. Right, everybody's talking about what happened Monday, right? And then by Thursday, yo, we're on to the next week, we're on to the next weekend. So Mike hits me up yesterday or, or Saturday and is like, Yo, we should move the show to Monday because people want to talk about that shit right away. People want to, you know, yeah, like I you're you are absolutely right. I listen to a lot of NFL content, and like I can't wait for my NFL pods to drop on Monday so I can hear what the people that I like listening to have to say about the action from the previous day. And I just thought that Thursday was a long time to keep the people waiting. And Rob, we're a podcast to the people. So here we are on a Monday and we're going to be here probably for most Mondays. I would say there might be some weeks here and there where if there's not a lot of action going on, we might choose to do it Thursday instead. But uh, yeah, we're here. We're here to break down the action. U.S. Open, sweep the rack style. We're going to chop it up. We're going to give everybody the rundown on everything. Uh, I'm hype. I'm hype. I can't. I've I've been looking forward to this. I'm so glad PBA is back. We're back to losing money. (laughs) We're back to losing money betting on bowling. All things are right with the world, son. I made, yo, we'll talk the betting. I mean, we get right into it, but I made one bet. (laughs) I made one bet and it almost hit. Rob, there was a point in the show. In the second show, where it looked like you and I were cashing a ticket either way, man, either way, right? And then things just went totally off the rails. All right, here's what we want to do. I'll be honest, I didn't get a chance to watch the show Saturday. Mom Dukes was in town. You know, I'm I'm in the middle of a big, big purchase right now. Got a lot going on. So Saturday, I, I, I went to DVR it and I forgot, but I, I did check out a match or two. But I knew what happened, and I wasn't so interested. It didn't keep my attention the first show on Saturday, like because I already knew what happened. It was all after the fact. I'm gonna let you talk about your observations for the show Saturday, what you saw, what your thoughts were. I'm letting you ride with it. Oh, you know I was locked in on this, John. Oh, I know you probably I had mean, a going. Oh, of course I did. Of course I did. Both days, but I mean, this was this was major action to me. All right, so. Quick, quick rundown on the first show, right? So we're talking seeds nine through five. First, I want to say this. I actually sent out a tweet, and I don't know if anybody caught this tweet. I deleted it with the quickness because I was looking at the lineup for the first show, 
and I was like, okay, you know, you got these players, and they're going to go on this show. And I said to myself, I would bet a million dollars. I would bet a million dollars that no one from the first show is going to win the second show. Okay? So then I sent the tweet out. I sent the tweet out. And then I realized that Kyle Troop was actually the top seed on the first show. And I deleted the tweet, son. I'm not going to lie to you. I deleted the tweet, okay? And that shows, you know, how highly I regard Kyle Troop because I wouldn't bet a million dollars that he wouldn't run the ladder. And damn it if he didn't find himself in the in the uh, in the title match. But yes, we had Kyle Troop at uh, at nine to one, nine to one with a with a weak max bet of thirty three dollars. Fox bet. <laughs> I just don't get it, son. We got to talk about that later. So he's just about another episode. It's just so goofy that the 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 the, the betting on bowling situation is so goofy. So uh, we had a thirty three dollar bet on Kyle and a couple others. Well, All right, rundown from Saturday. Okay. We'll, we'll talk to. We got a lot to talk about with yes. the second with the second day. Noel Snodgrass. Okay, Noel Snodgrass. All right, you're going to hear those. Urethane, you, urethane. Both urethane, both purple hammers. Okay, and that's another thing. Like, what's up with the purple hammer? A lot of purple hammers. A lot of purple hammers out there being thrown, so I don't know. Like nope. it seems like purple old ones, new ones, soft ones, hard ones. Well, no, they can't seems... be old ones. It's got to be before twenty. I know, right? but I'm just saying. It seems like regardless, uh, regardless, they they're there. <laughs> they're there, Dude, right? The this best show ever made. It's no, the best there's so much made. to talk about. I'm getting I'm getting flustered already. This show was a nightmare. For the ball companies, we'll get to that later. <laughs> this show was a nightmare for they ball. Made for my ball list. Companies. Don't worry, they're, they're okay. on my list. Uh, all right, so Saturday shows, right? Noel Snodgrass opening match: Purple Hammer versus Purple Hammer. Uh, Snodgrass couldn't carry. Okay, he couldn't really carry. And then well, when he had, thing. yeah, when he had the chance to apply some heat right at the end of the game, he and force Knowles to get up and do something. He threw. He threw his worst shot of the game. Right, and he and and he missed the head pin. Okay, Knowles did enough early in that game to not have to do much late, which was fortunate for him because you know e- even though he did a lot early and bowled really well early, he still had to get up in the ten. Didn't make a great shot, left the three six ten, and and was fortunate to make it. Impressive that he made the three six ten. So we go uh, and and one one comment one comment on Knowles that I noticed early in the show, and I actually noticed this in like the pictures of the of him making the show. He has a, he has his own bowling uh, logo. I think it's like a J and a K and a shield over here. And I don't know. I don't know. It makes me wonder what level do you have to be at to have your own bowling logo? I don't know. Can anybody just go out and make their own bowling logo now? A smart, a smart pro would have his own logo, have his own brand. But I mean, I think you got to be regularly on TV at least. No, maybe he's ahead of the game. Maybe he knows what's going to happen. I, I mean, more power to him if he does. But that my, guy, yo, my guy got his pro card and he went right to a marketing department and he said, "Yo, I want a logo, man, a JK logo." You know, good, good point. Could be a pro shop logo. Jeff made a good point. Could be a pro shop logo for sure. You know, well, and Championship Bowling is sitting in the chat is saying Sean Rash does. Yeah, he's Sean <laughs> Rash, son. He's Sean Rash. <laughs> Belmo's Belmo. 
you know, if they want to have a, a name logo, go right ahead, you know. So, okay. Charlie Pop has got a logo. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice middle Charlie. <laughs> okay, so second second uh, match, you have Kent versus Knowles, right? And both come out firing. And then, I mean, really firing. Kent goes 7-10 in the first frame, unfortunate. You're but a thing? Uh, no, he was using a trackball. Somebody oh, no. in the chat tell us what it was. He was using a dull trackball. He was throwing missiles up the lane. Uh, hooking it a little bit, uh, but looked really good early. Okay, and then Wait, was Noel still using your thing? Yeah, right? Noel stuck to the purple hammer the whole time. Okay. Noel threw the purple hammer every single shot. All right, so they both came out fire. Marshall gets up in the tenth, just needing a mark. Okay, despite opening in the ninth frame, he opens in the ninth frame with a two ten and gets up in the tenth. All he has to do is mark to lock, to to wrap up the match, and he goes two ten again. Uh, back to back on on what both looked like decent shots, they did. And and to me, that was a theme in this show was that transition occurred at the worst times in a lot of these matches. Okay, transition occurred at the worst times in a lot of these matches, and this to me was the first example of it, where Marshall Kent had it, he had it, and then he didn't have it. And that was it. And, and, and just a little a little subtle change in what he was doing or, or, or in what was going on in the lane was enough to go from throwing six in a row uh, to 210-210. Rob? Marshall seems to, I mean, continuously been struggling on TV. I mean, it's fair to say under, under pressure situations, he's yeah, been struggled. No I mean, doubt. I mean, you could say. I mean, I, I don't want to say it, but you could say. I mean, he he had he had a little bit of EJ Tackett syndrome before this weekend. You know what I mean? Where you get under the high pressure situations and you just you know can't deliver. But look, I said this on my Twitter. You know how hard it is to get up under this kind of circumstance at the U.S. Open and essentially mark or double to win a match on TV, yo. On the toughest, on the toughest stuff you can imagine. These guys haven't I mean, been bowling, right? They've been like, tr you know, travel weary. Some of them were like, you know, not sharp. I, I saw a lot of pros even admitting they weren't really practicing a whole lot. Like Asku, when he was commentating, was talking about he didn't practice as much as he wanted to. Like, I mean, and then you get thrown into the U.S. Open. <laughs> Holy crap! Talking about getting thrown into the deep end. Uh so Marshall goes two ten, two ten. Knowles wins that match. Man, okay? Knowles, fortunate, 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 fortunate to, fortunate to win that match, okay? Then it's Knowles-Larson, all right? Knowles-Larson. Larson comes out throwing throwing reactive, okay? some It looked like some polished reactive. People could comment on the ball. A lot of, them, a lot of emotion uh, in that match, right? That's that's one thing I'm not too sharp on uh, at the moment is all the all the different balls that these guys were throwing. I mean, I know I'm some sure of them, a, but I didn't know I'm all sure of them. Sure, it was a fiery match. Uh, no, no. Well, actually, Knowles, Knowles did have a little chirp in him. Not oh, so it? much in this match, but it was kind of just the way the the match went. So Knowles come comes out early and misses a three pin. Rob, he flags a three pin early Academic. in this match. Okay, <laughs> and then oh, I was thinking about my bet of the of the over on the total number of single pins missed on all the shows. I I, I would have been halfway there after the show. Okay, I would have been halfway there after the show. It's one of the main Man, things I was thinking about watching the show. Happening? So 
Knowles misses the three pin. He blames someone who's coughing. <laughs> okay. I took umbrage with this, Knowles. Uh, All right. I'm sorry. Like, you got, you know, it's a three pin, bro. I, 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 don't, I don't care if a clown comes out and does a little dance on the side of the lane while you're shooting a three pin. Like, you got to make the three pin. Okay. I'm sorry. But then <laughs> he, he again gets, gets fortunate. He again gets fortunate. Larson misses the three six ten. Okay. Man. Then Larson misses a ten pin. Oh. Okay. So we're deep into this match, and Knowles takes control of the match. Okay. It, it Larson has an outside shot. Larson goes up and leaves the two ten in the tenth frame. Okay. He makes it. He makes it. And Rob Stone says, "Remember that one. Remember that one." And gives it his spare of the game. When all Justin Knowles needed was eight pins and two shots to wrap it up, okay. So that that was that was like the weirdest and least entertaining match to me, probably of of both telecasts. Yo, remember okay. back in the eighties and nineties when we used to watch and someone used to miss a single pin spare on TV, like the whole like studio shut down. Like it was like unheard of back in like the eighties and nineties to watch like pros miss single pin spares. Now it's a common occurrence. Everybody is just like, yeah, okay. Like, there it is. Like, it's expected. This this yeah. next match, next match was a great match. You had Knowles Troop, right? Early on, report of, of Troop's injured finger, okay? And, and honestly, Knowles, to me, had him at the commercial break. When they went to commercial break in this match, Kyle had just missed the 310, okay? And Knowles had him right where he wanted him. But you know what? And and this was sort of a theme to me again throughout this show, with the exception of the last game. Kyle did what a lot of elite players at this level do. Okay. And that and he just kept applying as much heat and as much pressure as possible on Knowles. Even though he opened, even though he was down, he just kept cool and he kept getting up and striking and putting as many strings together as he could and staying focused and just keep applying the heat to Knowles and it worked. It worked. Uh, you know, not to say that Knowles crumbled under the pressure. I don't think he did. Uh, again, I think Knowles, the same thing that happened to Marshall Kent, where the transition happened at the wrong time. Same thing happened to Knowles in this match, Rob, he gets up and all of a sudden he throws a decent shot. Uh, what looked like a decent shot. Uh, he goes six through the face. Okay. He's in a tough spot. He's got to get up on the right lane, all right, in the 10th frame after going six through the face off a move, and he needs a double to make the big show, okay? So he knows he's got to make a move. He's getting up on this lane. He just went six on this lane through the face, and he's got a double to make the big show. Like, that's a that's an impossible spot to be in. Yeah. That's an impossible spot to be in. So, like, I don't take anything away from him. He's definitely going to be, I'm sure, on both our list, everyone's list for I see you, Hoss. Justin Knowles, I see you, Hoss. I see. I don't know about the. I don't know about the the logo thing, but I see you, Hoss. Okay, I see you, Hoss. All right, no, no doubt. So, Troop wins. Troop goes on to the big show. All right, and this is this is the bread and butter here. Okay, so I've talked enough. I'm going to kick it to you. We got Troop versus Tease. Okay, what were your thoughts on this match? So before that, right, we had a conversation about an hour before the show started. I said, I want money on Troop to run the ladder. And he, here, here's why, right? 
I kind of knew he was riding a big momentum swing, like winning yesterday's show, right? He's already kind of feel out the set, even though he already has experience, like multi, right? Well, he's won a major. He's won a major, right? I mean, yeah. he's experienced on TV now. He's comfortable. No he's relaxed, right? Bold in the PBA league. I knew he was going to get through Tease, okay? Like, th- this was my reasoning. I said to you, if he wins the Simo match, he's going to get through 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 Keiko, right? And then, obviously, it's going to be a 50-50 uh, match against Tackett. At plus 900, dude, give me that all day, every day, right? Um, Kyle impressed me that first match. He really did. Because that was the toughest the lanes were, in my opinion, throughout the whole show, that first match. They're both using urethane, and you're bowling against a traditional one-hander in Tease, and you're a two-hander, and you're showing more accuracy than Tease's, honestly. he had. They didn't have any room to miss right. Either one of them didn't. They really had to play the push. And you could tell if they leaked it a board or two right of where they were looking, it was an instant two pin, two eight, worst case scenario, two eight ten, right? Which I don't think any of them left that match. But my, I was very impressed with how good Kyle was in keeping the ball in front of him, right? And playing the push. I realized that was a, a an aha moment for me that showed where Kyle is in his game today. He's a top five if not a top three best player in the world just from me watching that match it's 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 funny that you say that because that was one of my big observations here too that i have written down at the end of my notes is that kyle even though he didn't close the deal and and to me it was it was mostly because of a missed spare and we'll talk about that later but uh kyle troop on these shows showed that he's at an absolute apex predator bowler level i mean yeah my man my man is like a seasoned pro at this point one of the best in the world no question but i have to be honest i think that this match was over when richie teese decided to use your thing against troop using your thing i could see that i don't know i mean low rev rate you know more of a finesse guy a, a shot maker teese is a shot maker like my guy's a sh- he he's a shot maker, okay. And you're going up against a two hander who's going to use your thing, and you're going to use your thing, and you're not only going to try and out shot make him, and he's a great shot maker, but you're going to try and out shot make him, and then also have the the disadvantage of the rev rate. I don't know. Listen, I'm not. I am. I am far from excellent at the technical side of of the bowling thing, but. If I'm Richie Teese, I take my chances moving in and using something reactive and maybe trying to force, you know, break them down in a different way, force Kyle to get out of that, you know, force his look to go away earlier. Throwing your thing is only going to make the look better for Kyle. And shiny your thing at that, Jeff, in the chat. Great point, Jeff. Shiny your thing at that. But but was that purposeful because he was kind of playing the shim? I feel like that was purpose. It had to be purposeful. He ain't gonna go out there unprepared with a with a lane shine urethane ball. You yeah. know. I mean, look, hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, right? You look back at the match and what you think you could have done differently. Um, but we have to take a timeout because we forgot to talk about something. 
we forgot to talk about the start debacle. Oh, the W. We forgot to talk about the, there was so much action to discuss. We forgot to talk about how we missed some of the action because basketball, women's basketball, UConn versus South Carolina. And I got mad love for Dawn Staley, loved her Eagles outfit and all that. Feel you, Dawn, no doubt. Feel you. You know, but yeah. I want to see Bowen. And then not the PBA. Nico. Where's Nico? Where's Nico? Yo, Nico, shout my Nico. guy, my guy, shout to Nico, hooking me up on what channel I can find FS2 on. Didn't even know I had FS2, didn't know what it was, didn't know it existed, but uh, FS2, yeah, I had to switch over, miss some of the FS3 match. Too? Like, I, I didn't even know, like, that would, there was an FS2, man, like, crazy. Like, I was on Twitter, we were all over Twitter, I'm like, yo, where's FS2? I don't even know. And then my brother came in and, and he's like, yo, hook up the dick cable service. That's my cable service. You don't know about my cable service. And I was like, oh shit. Oh yeah. Right. So I went to my cable service. I'm like, all right, I got it. And then uh, I was fine after that, but I missed like the first like two or three shots, which is fine. Yeah, Nothing really happened too much. Right. Okay. So not nobody's the- fault on that end though. I'm not, you can't put the blame on anybody on that. Troop wins That's that game. Incredible. Then, then we get we all got the matchup we wanted, right? I mean, Troop Simo was the matchup that we all wanted to see. I feel like, yeah. Well, this is like, and I put this on Twitter. Like, this is our this generation's like next big rivalry, really. One of, yeah, but this can be a really ongoing rivalry between Simo and Kyle. I could Simo see Kyle, we- Kyle EJ, EJ EJ Simo, Belmo in the mix on all of them for at Sprinkle least a few from- more. Sprinkle some Jasper in there, you know. Um, you know, th- this is like this generation's like next, you know, big thing. Really, you got two young, great, great bowlers. Both of them have a lot of personality. Kyle is more of the the hero. Simo is a lot of the villain, right? Like, I could see like that play out in a weird way, right? Where. You know, Simon was a lot more edgy than Kyle is, right? On the shows, especially fan um, friendly, I would say. Fan friendly, like, look, Simon's a great kid. I love him. Um, you know, know him. He, he's always been nice to me. Always been been super cool. But you know, he has his persona on TV, and he comes off as very edgy, um, which is not a bad thing. I, could I mean, I see it as I see it as focused. I see it as Weber was very edgy. I mean, look at Pete Weber now. He's sixty. He's all over Barstool. The guy is is freaking, you know, people are, are, are boycotting the PBA because P. Weber wasn't there. Um, but anyway, back to the, the match, right? That's the match I wanted to see, right? And it didn't disappoint, right? Here you got Simo, which is so fun to watch, bro. You never know what Two different balls, t- 10 years old, two different balls. You never you know, know what the kid's gonna do. You know, yeah. is he gonna be playing backup? Is he gonna be, you know, piping a, a grenade? I mean, you just don't know what the kid's doing, but the kid's got huge balls. And I, I'm not talking about bowling balls, Mike. The kid's got huge balls. He doesn't give he will try and do anything to win. If he thinks throwing it a headhunter at the headpin is gonna give him his best chance to win, Simon's gonna do it. I love that about him. <clears throat> yeah, two different balls, an idol and an alpha crux. Okay, interesting. Uh, Troop in this match had the early advantage. Okay, then he went big four, right? And through seven, uh, it's pretty much a dead even match, despite Simo not really being able to put anything together. To me, 
Simo bowled a very frustrating game because through seven frames, he he really didn't make any mistakes. He 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 did not make any significant mistakes. And then he had a couple. He had a couple non perfect, non perfectly executed shots that didn't open. strike. Okay, right and. Troop was able to hang around because of that. He was able to hang around. And again, I'm going to say it. Troop does it again. He 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 he's not in the match. Other guy has a chance to really put his foot on his throat, put him out. And what does he do? He hangs around and he hangs around and he refocuses and he keeps striking and he keeps applying the heat and he keeps applying the pressure. And 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 in many of these instances, it goes his way, right? So. And, and Randy said this on the telecast, and I thought it was a really astute observation. Uh, things changed very quickly. And he said things can change very quickly at the U.S. Open. And and isn't that the truth? I thought, oh, I feel you on that, my man. Um, Troop gets away with one in the seventh frame. I don't know if you guys remember this match with that detail or not, but he should have he should have left a split. Okay, it should have, he it was it was the same shot as the big four. It was the same exact shot as the big four, and he only leaves the six pin. Okay. And then uh he capitalizes in the eighth by striking. Okay. He gets up and strikes in the eighth, and then Simo gets up in the eighth and goes big four. Okay, and he catches the big four on on that on that right lane. He then gets up and goes ten pin. Okay, leaves a 10 pin in the ninth. It looks like Troop is going to cruise. It looks like Troop is going to cruise to the win of this match. And what does he do? He he really blinks for the first time all day. Okay, he really blinks for the first time all day and throws one of his, one of his, I'm sure what he say would say was one of his worst shots of the day. Okay, washes out, gets robbed on the make. Let's be honest about yeah, it. Gets he, robbed on the make. I mean, he aced the make. He aced the make on 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 the on the uh, the washout. Okay, and gives Simo a chance. All right, but Simo can't capitalize. Why? Because again, he was caught in the end of a game. He made some decisions early in the game. It's only one game. He's going to stick with those decisions. The transition is going on. You know, he even came on Twitter after after and said something about how he missed the move. The transition's going going on, and you got to get up in the tenth frame and throw a double to win with the transition going on. And you're, I mean, you know, we've all been there, but let's be honest, none of us have been there to this level on these type of conditions in this environment. I mean, you know, so like factor all that in, and no. yeah, that's like that's like a really tough spot to be in. But yeah, the same thing that happened with Ken. The same thing that happened with Kent and the same thing that happened with Knowles to me happened with Simo. Again, it happens again. And Kyle Troop benefits in most of these situations, you know. It's crazy because like Kyle's ability to buckle down and make shots in the middle of that game. I mean, really make shots, right? Yo, that's like, what I'm saying. Like executed that's what the killers level. do. That's what the serial killers do. Yeah. They so do not the, the, the Freddy Kruegers and the Jasons don't let you get away, son. They don't let you the Michael Myerses don't let you get away. They just they just keep coming for you. Okay. Dude, and that's crazy. what he did on this show. I was like super impressed, bro. Super impressed with it.
Yeah, dude, the the execution level of execution is just on a whole nother level right now uh, on specifically shows and 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 throwing like shots when he needs it. Um, So, man, we'll see a lot more of this match uh, between Simo and Troop, hopefully during majors, too, because I, I feel like that's the best the PBA could put out right now, honestly. Like you said last Thursday, rust. Yes, you remember yeah. using that word in reference to, you know, what we were seeing in the standings. Nope. Kyle Troop ain't rusty. Nope. But he bold. I know. Well, that makes all sense. Day, yes, all the Saturday on the, on the show. You know what okay. I mean? Are you talking about leading up to it? Uh, but another point. My man is a bowler, bro. Yeah, he bowls everything. He bowls he UBA. He bowls league. He bowls local tournaments. He bowls regionals. He bowls. He bowls everything. He bowls so everything. it's not surprising to me that he's pretty sharp. Or has you know? a bad finger, <laughs> you know, yeah, and has a bad finger. The hangnail, I think, or something too. like that away from you know. Him. All right, so troop versus I'm gonna we're gonna butcher this guy's Kaiko. name, it just doesn't matter. Kaiko, right? Troop versus Kaiko. All right, listen, I'm sorry. <laughs> People are gonna call me a hater. You're gonna uh, say, Oh, negative big this, mic. I know where this is going. This guy, Kaiko, okay, Keiko. Uh Again, using a 10-year-old ball, we're going to get to that, Rob. We're going to get to that at the end of all this. Game breaker two, urethane and 10-year-old balls, man. This was a ball manufacturer's nightmare of a U.S. Open show. Uh, I hate this guy's style. I knew you were going to. I hate, yo, I hate this guy's style. This guy, Keiko, might be my least favorite new bowler to make a show ever in the history of the PBA. Honestly, my, you know who he is? And I'm going to tell you, I had to call I had to call somebody to remember this name tonight because I could not remember the name for the life of me. But, Rob, do you remember the pro bowler who used to pull it back like this and then loft it, pitch it out onto the lane? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Don't tell, me, don't tell me. Don't tell me his name. Let me guess. Okay. He, used to, he was the king of the hill for a while. And was it Ron, to... Ron, Ron, Ron Miller? Ron no, Nelson? no, not Ron Miller. You got Ron, it wrong. Ron, Ron Williams. Ron Damn Williams. It. Ron Williams. I had the Keiko. Keiko is the two-handed Ron Williams, son. <laughs> Ron Williams. That's who he is. Keiko is the two-handed Ron Williams. Yo, all this movement and his elbows going everywhere, and it's like he's twitching up there, and I'm like. What is going on? How can this dude repeat what he is what he is doing? Yo, the game. What is bowled, going on? The game he bowled. He and I said and this he bowls the best game. He, he bowls the best game. Yo, he, he could have shot three hundred. Could have shot three hundred. I mean, obviously, you're probably using a ball that isn't going to give you a whole lot of like power in the back of the lane, right? Like he's using a very smooth, a very even rolling ball. His game plan was a great game plan. Play with the 1-3, make your spares, and, you know, grind the 2-team, 2-0, and you're probably in a normal U.S. What does Open he do? Match through. He bowls the highest game up to that point. I know. And he and left a stone 9 that was just 30. And, he loses. and then a stone 10 and a flat 10 and a stone and a 7-pin. And don't get me wrong, at this point, I'm rooting against him. I mean – I got I got Kyle Troop at plus nine hundred, baby. I'm I'm thinking about that <laughs> money, right? And I'm just like, man, like flat ten, yeah, yeah. I'm yelling, you know. I was so into it because I had money on the line. I mean, we were talking like I would a hundred seventy some dollars each or something like that, dude. I'm all right, you know. But this kid, I mean, look, man, he bowled the best, arguably, Mike, 
the best game ever bowled on the U.S. Open pattern TV show in the last since they made them really hard. Since they made them really hard, right? Since they made them flat, because the U.S. That Open nine pin, a flat pattern. <laughs> that that nine pin he left was so nasty. Son. It was so brutal. It was. But it wasn't so the worst nasty. break. It wasn't the worst break of the no, night. No, but it was. It was just that. so nasty, bro. It was so nasty. But like, uh, can I go back for a second? Fancy Williams in the chat. What's up, Fancy? How's it going? We were we were kicking it in the uh, in the bowl.com, bowl TV chat as well. Fancy, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Fancy. Clearly, the guy can repeat what he does. Let's let let me be clear. But doesn't My that man, have a great game though? If he could repeat, yes, I guess it does. I guess it does. But but awkward. Can I use the word awkward? Like like you know, Mike, Mike Lichstein. Bo- Mike Lichstein, great bowler. Look awkward form. How many bowlers in PBA history don't have a very like pretty game? Hey, sp- not fancy, many. Fancy, right? Walter Ray doesn't exactly have the prettiest game, right? Oh, yes, he does. Stop. Yes, what? he does. I mean, his game was so fundamentally and technically you, sound. You could look what at what are you Walter? talking about? Well, Walter was the, the master at repeating shots. The guy was the best of all time, the most accurate bowler ever. And you could look at his game and say, you know what? You know, his game isn't that pretty. It's- no, I disagree. I'm sorry. I disagree. Not you're you're right. It wasn't like the prettiest game. I agree with you, but like technically sound. Tech- Dude, all right, we got about like Dale Traber and David Traber. Uh, okay, and, okay. And make so but Shoper, but Shoper, Shoper, Ernie Schlegel, okay. right? I okay. mean, these guys didn't have the great, but they were able to re- you know create shots, and they were able to. Re- I'd rather be ugly and be able to to reproduce my shots than be super, you know, pretty and fancy, you know. And, and... <laughs> Can I hate some more? Keiko. Sure. Sure. Keiko. Slow, low rev rate two-hander. What is going on here, my man? He's well, out now, there with a 330 rev rate and, are we gonna and have 15 a low mile rate? an hour speed. So here's mm-hmm. who he is. He's, if he's not the Ron Williams, okay, he's the, he's the Tim Chris of two-handers. All right. I like that comparison better. He's the Tim Chris of two handers. The okay. Tim Chris of two handers. The turtle. Tim Chris of two handers. The turtle. Turtle 2.0. Is that a turtle 2.0? That's that's hilarious. Um, okay, but yo, look, give my man props. Oh, I mean first guy game. on the first guy on the I see you hoss. How he do you say I, how do you say game. I see you hoss in Finnish? <laughs> how do you say that? In in the Finland language, somebody find out. Somebody Google he Translate, bowled, please. He out bowled Kyle Troop that match. He did. Kyle you want to know something else? You want to know something else? Kyle Troop gave him as much heat as possible. He, Kyle Troop was using the crowd. He was hyping people up. He had the crowd going crazy. Uh, at one, uh, you know, it, 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 he was giving them all the heat. That he possibly could. Okay. You could tell early on that Troop was trying to, to turn the heat up on him. And and it reached its peak right in the seventh frame. Okay. Because Troop had a messenger and he goes crazy. And now imagine being Keiko. Imagine being this guy. And you got to get up while Guppy is laughing it up. Guppy's on the side laughing it up. Love and Troop is, Troop is hyping the crowd up and telling the crowd to go wild. And they're dancing in the stands. They're standing up, and they're all like, "Troop, there it is! Troop, there it is!" I hate that. And, and, and this guy Geico has to get up and 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 execute and calm down and execute. And my goodness, my goodness, 
to his credit, my man gets up and just continues to just throw the best shots under the most pressure on the toughest shit imaginable. So props props to you, Hoss. Finish for I see you, Hoss. Somebody. Thank you, Mitch Young. No Santa. Mike. I don't even know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry. I'm off Mike, my rocker I'm gonna, tonight. I'm going to get some heat for this for this take. Dude, what's up with these international bowlers that we get on the PBA tour that aren't they don't have a really a lot of emotions? I watch all these soccer games. The World Cup was just on. Yo, they're in the crowd, they're yelling, they're singing, they're chanting, they got flags, they're doing all kinds of this and that. And then the international players we get on tour, man, they they they're Oh, they're they're Dave, Arnold. <laughs> they're bro, Dave Arnold. They're Dave Arnold. fast, bro. They're Snooze. finished I'm Dave like, Arnold's. I, I, I was hoping like these international players would bring, you know, bring the crowd with the flags, the chanting, the yelling, uh, you know. Well, you know what? It's funny. Like I, I've seen that that uh, Finnish league and they do yeah. a lot of that at, where, at, where at the Finnish league, right? So I don't know. Like, may, you know what these guys need to do? They need to, they need to go bowl action in Brooklyn for a while. Dude. I swear to God, man, I, I would hope that the international players would bring. I mean, you really think about a lot of the international players. Yo, like Richie Tease and Yesra Svensson and Thomas Larson. And yo, like, man, where's my where's my people? Where's my European crowd, bro? Like, yo, eh, oh, I want to see some, like, craziness. I want to see some hypeness. Rob, uh, Nico, with a comment in the chat, uh, have you mentioned that there was people sitting behind the players and no Thank video God. wall? The best. Go ahead, Rob. I know. Dude, I know I'm you, so happy they got like rid that. of that huge, ugly-ass digital marketing board that they just used. It was literally for nothing. And they. And I'm so happy. they. Dude, it actually now looks like a, a legit, like, you know, uh, a great bowling atmosphere when you have the people in the back. Some guy had an, a picture of Randy Peterson on his iPad and they had some signs and, you know, like, yo, like, that's what you need. You need crowd enthusiasm. That's what brings the life to the show. That's To, me the, to me, the crowd was great. Yeah, I know some yo, people won't like I think it. it was but a drunk guy in the crowd. He was yelling. A couple drunk like, guys. Yo, I love one it. Of my, one of my not ride with is the people from the crowd because some of them were hammered. So, oh. so I wouldn't want to get in their car on the way home. That's one of my not ride with. Yo, but that's oh, what makes goodness. the show so exciting. Like Portland, Maine, right? There's a reason yep. why the show is so exciting. It's because the crowds and, are into it. Yeah, and again, like everybody can have their own way of expressing it. Like it wasn't everybody who was chirping in this crowd, but it was enough people that it made it, it you know, it made it good. It made it interesting. It gave it a certain edge. At one point, EJ had to step off and somebody yelled out, some lady, some some woman yelled out, Go home already. You know, I have I have them in my special mentions at the end here. But yeah, I thought I know some people probably didn't like it, but I thought I thought the crowd was great. Tell oh. got peep folks in the chat, tell us what did you think? Did you like the crowd? Not like the crowd? What so how, I guess, how did you like the vibe of this show? Do we think are they bringing back the digital like boards for like well, I know, think non-majors? well we have to see the first actual PBA show, right? Because these it was it was a USBC show. The next couple aren't gonna be televised. So I don't know. I'm not sure. All right, last match, Troop versus EJ. Okay. We got Troop plus 900 going into this match. And, and what does he do in the first frame? Uh, he gets off to the worst possible start uh, uh, against probably one of the worst guys you want to do it against. And he flags the seven pin so in the first my, frame of this match. Here's my thoughts, right? He completely got clouded earlier in the show. Randy and Rob completely clouded him. Um, 
they brought up um, about how, like, I guess Kyle was like 99%, 99.1% singing, shooting single pin spares, right? Didn't yep. they bring that up? I'm like, oh, they clouded the shit out of him first off, right? Um, because what that says, Mike, how many games? 18 games of qualifying, or is it what, eight, 16, 24 games? 24 games of match play, yep. right? And so you're saying Kyle was 99.1% shooting single pin spares in what, 48 games total? Yeah. So what, he missed one spare or two maybe the whole tournament? Yeah. And then what does he do? Misses seven pin. Which was a bad break from the get go, right? I mean, it was it was a high flush seven. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, Pretty it wasn't. High. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't his. But it it wasn't struck. his most premium shot of the of the day. But yeah, it could have struck. But then, guess what happens, right? EJ lets him right up, back in it. Lets him right back walking, in it. Right? And what now? Let me know. Were you thinking this when he PBA washed? Were you going? Okay, here we go. Here we go. The tacket collapse, right? Because I you knew it. Yes. Yeah. How can you not be thinking that? Right. How can you not be thinking? Ah, uh, here we go again. Guy, guy misses a seven pin, and you get up and throw it out the window. Uh, open, you know, six count. Like, no, yeah, of course, that's what I was thinking. But, and I, and I obviously now I have troop at plus nine hundred. Now I'm like, I, I could taste it. Right when he PBA washes, I'm like, yo, I'm like, let's freaking go. I'm like, this is it, right? Like, I'm gonna cash in because I'm thinking EJ is gonna bowl like 160. Honestly, like my like first instinct was he was gonna bowl 160, 170, and Kyle was just gonna like buckle down and and, and run away with it. Really, I thought it was gonna be a runaway, but then Kyle gets up, and I believe he was on a double at this point, right? Well, well, they at that point. They kind of both went apex predator bowler style. They did middle for, of the game for for the whole middle of the game. But right, they both got up and just absolutely ace shot after shot right until the you're eighth missing. frame. No, no, you missed Kyle when he he left the seven nine. That was the key turning point. Oh, that. okay, okay. No, you're right. You're right. You're right, dude. He gets up on a double after like he's up. I think now by like what 12, 15, 20 pins on a string and probably gets the worst break you could probably get on TV. And I, I was arguing with, I forgot someone on, on Twitter. Should uh, that have struck or should it have been nine? It when should you say have, that? I mean, look, it, I, I could have understood a nine pin. I could have understand another high seven pin. I could even have understood a four pin or a four nine, right? Cause those are common bad breaks. How many times in PBA history on a TV show, has a righty left a pocket seven nine? Yeah, fair point. How many fair times point. have you seen a seven nine? I, it's it's probably the most rare split as a righty you could probably leave if you're high flush, okay? And you doing it in the final match on a U.S. Open championship match on a string of strikes when you're up. It was the worst break at the most opportune time for 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 Kyle Troop. See, I, I'll be honest. I looked at the match a little bit differently because despite all that, like as they got to the eighth frame, things were relatively even. Yeah, because of the split. I know things were – no, well, you say the split. I'll say the miss spare. If Troop makes the seven pin in the first frame, he's ahead by 11 at right. that point in the I match. Mean, but then, but going in, a lot more. 
okay, going into the eighth, going into the eighth frame, though things were relatively even. Okay, and and in that eighth frame, Troop was really fortunate to only leave the ten. He should have left the two ten. I mean, he he got lucky to trip the two pin out, right? And he catches the break there, and then he gets fortunate again when EJ gets up on the in the next frame and and throws one of his best shots of the game and just leaves an absolute unbelievable ring ten, like the kind of shot where you're just like, how does that guy leave that? But here's the thing, though. is I might catch some heat for this take. EJ was flirting with the stone 10 all game. If you go back and watch EJ strikes, the believe the three pin was was taking out the 10. It was like literally the last two pins to go off his strikes, right? It's not like he was putting him dead 10 in the pit. He was flirting with that stone 10 all game, but that's what it is. Like you're at a US Open pattern, you're not gonna be really to that level where you're going to be start making moves off of, you know, that bad, you know, you're going to hope to God, you just tripped the 10, honestly. Now I'm not saying those are weren't bad breaks, but I'm saying is like a stone 10 compared to what Kyle did with that seven, nine. Like, I mean, it's just fuck man. It put Kyle that Matt, that split completely like had EJ was able to settle down a little bit. Right. If Kyle throws that strike, and I'm just saying it's a big what if, but if he does, dude, not only which one, the second one in the tenth? No, the seven nine. If he if he okay. strikes that seven nine shot, now he's up like twenty some pins, and he's on a bigger string, and now you're putting more pressure on EJ, who historically hasn't been very good under pressure on TV, right? So it's a that match was the complete turning point in that match because it let EJ settle down. The miss seven too. You start the match a miss seven pin. And then you split on that shot. He was able to give EJ a little bit of breathing room to relax and calm down, and that's what exactly happened, Mike. Honestly, yeah. Uh, well, they were they were tired. You're not. Marshall's right here. He writes EJ's angles are always steep. They're always steep. You know? Yeah. That and Kevin Weeks in the chat was asking, "What do we thought think the difference was on, on the on the shot and the tenth that carried the ten? And if anything, Kevin, I was going to say it seemed to me like EJ just didn't get it as far right, and it was faster. He really, he really, he whammed on it, but he didn't get it as far right, and it was faster, and it seemed like the angle was a little bit straighter uh, to, you know, just to make sure that give him a better chance to to carry with that straighter angle. But they're they're tied. Here's here's the the bottom line, Rob. They're tied going into the tenth frame, going into the ninth frame. Okay, you're tied going point. into the ninth frame. Troop gets up, in, you know, in in the in the tenth, and he's got a chance to strike out, guarantee himself. Well, yo, yeah, I believe that too because I, I EJ would have had, had would have needed all, all three, three in the tenth, okay, just the tie, yeah. and I believe the troop would have won as well. But yeah, he blinks again, he blinks again, and he he throw he throws what I thought was somewhat of an errant shot and uh, leaves well, the big the four. One. He threw the first one. I know he threw the first one, the tenth. Yeah, so second if, one, if, second if one was an errant shot. Throw the first one. So right, right. So his commentary after the shot. Well, he's very that. interesting to me, he right? Missed. He he said something to about his girlfriend and how he yeah. should have stepped off. Yeah, something was in okay. his mind. He was thinking, yeah, he was mind. thinking about something, something. and it must have yeah. And and we've all been there. We've all been there, right? I'm there more than you know. <laughs> and, and yeah, and and he he decided not to step off. And like from his comments. Yeah. I have to believe that whatever was going on in his head, 
he felt at that moment in the moment that it impacted his shot. You know, and I hate to see that. I really oh. do. Like I, I, I feel I my, feel for the guy. All it takes is one uh cloud of 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 doubt or <laughs> yo, yo, we both picked the same word at the same time. Because it's we so know. easy to do, even though you've been in that situation oh. hundreds of times. Yeah, you, you know how many times I say to myself while bowling, uh, I talk myself into that one. Yep. Especially spares. Because in the seven, and you know, when he missed the seven pin was the same thing, right? That's a lapse of concentration. So obviously Kyle was feeling he was feeling a little bit of the pressure. He was, right? Um, but he didn't really show it only on the seven pin. And then that shot in the tenth, the second one. Um, and then EJ got up in the tenth, and really, like he aced it. He aced that first one in the tenth. He threw it was it one is. of his best shots of the game. I, I'm not going to lie; I was a little surprised. I, 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 I probably would have been less surprised if it was right or left and went through the face, or it didn't get there. Two, four, eight, ten. I mean, there were a lot of a lot of things I was imagining could happen in that scenario. You know what? But to his credit, to his credit. He got up there and he he aced it. So you know what happened? This is why EJ was able to finally relax and you finally got to see the EJ of qualifying and match play, right? The year him throw the urethanes getting thrown early on that pattern, in my opinion, helped him for once. Okay. Normally you see the urethane screwing his shit up, and when he's always the top seed, yeah, rolling on some crazy mixed urethane carry down shit right yeah this was the first time in a while right where the urethane early helped him because he was he had some miss in right and then when he opened up his angle he was watching his ball get come back and hit the pocket right by the fifth or sixth game he was able to start building some confidence on his reaction he knew he had a good reaction after the PBA wash, he knew like all he had to do was not overthrow it, right? Keep yeah, and, Rand and Randy was saying the same thing on the show. He was yeah. saying he just can't miss right. He just yeah. can't miss wide right. He had some hold, you know. He had some hook right. He did, but you just couldn't miss really hard and fast and wide right. So, and then uh, if if you look at someone like Keiko though, Keiko looked like he had the whole lane because his slow was a lot slower than a lot of the other players, like. He was able to create that area because of his speed, right? The only Aaron shot EJ had the whole really match, in my opinion, was that PBA wash because he overthrew it. Once he realized, okay, I could slow it down and I have area and I have push, when you're a bowler, even when you're in a top pressure situation, when you ha have confidence in your ball reaction, it completely relaxes the nerves, in my opinion. Sean White in the chat, uh, the best part of the match was after Kyle just pulled the pick out after the messenger. Then on the left lane, EJ throws a messenger and turns around and gave Kyle the business. Uh, yeah, I agree with Sean. I think EJ could have given it to him a little bit more. Robert Hamilton, <laughs> what's up, Robert, uh, in the chat. He was using this trusty go. old Venom shock. Listen, there we go. when he – I tweeted out, he better be throwing a purple ball of some kind. So I don't bad. care what purple ball it is. Just make sure dude's got a purple ball in his hand. He did okay? say that. And, he, and did. he did He did have a purple ball in his hand, and we had Kyle Troop at 9-1. to one, And I'm not going to lie to you, when I saw the, 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 the Venom shock in his hand, I got a little shook. I got a little shook because, like, 
that ball might might be amongst the top five bowling balls ever made. Okay, and I'm going to say this: if I'm EJ Tackett, every time I get on a show, I'm throwing that ball if I could throw that ball. So I want to pull this up because this was a good comment here uh, from Lumber. Good to see you, man. Always got good comments. Uh, Chris Prather was in the booth during qualifying and talked about how much more guys throwing urethane on the right side would actually make the U.S. Pat- patterns easier. Look, I, I have my experiences on on flat patterns. Mike has his experience on flat patterns, and I, it's to me that's a hundred percent true. Um, if you're able to, especially if you have high level bowlers, that's that's the key to that, right? Throwing urethane all in the middle of the lane in the same type of spot, it's going to create push. And me as a bowler, I rather see push than area. Because I can keep my angles in front of me, and I know a lot of guys, you know, like to keep their angles in front of them and not go really left to right. So it's a, it's it's a great comment, and it, it obviously showed what happened where you have an EJ Tackett who's got a rev rate over 500 one handed, who could create his area with his hand and his speed, but you're able to give him push in the middle of the lane, and essentially it almost starts looking like a lot easier uh, shot than the U.S. Open shot, honestly. All right, Rob, we're getting into the rundown here. We yeah. just ran the ladder. We you just did, ran you, the ladder. That's always the – if you're if you're new around here, we have a, a process we go through for each tournament to break down each tournament. And the first thing we do is run the ladder, which we just did. We discuss every match of the stepladder. I, I refuse to do every match of the 17-man stepladder. I'm not doing that. I refuse to do that. But uh, we did do it here. Okay, now – we get into our various categories, all right? You guys know what the categories are. I tweeted them out earlier today on our Twitter. If you're not familiar, listen up. You'll get familiar. Get familiar real quickly. And, uh, yeah, you can follow along with us and play along with us. So as we bring the categories up, if you guys want to pop in the chat and let us know who you like for these categories uh, and play along with us. All right, Rob, can we do uh, I see you, Haas, first? Yeah, let's do it. I see you, Haas. Okay. My list is long here, bro. But you only allow one pro. You got no, no. It's impossible this week. You I'm pick sorry, all the guys. I have no. I'm I'm sorry. It's impossible this week. All right, two, two. Rob, I have a list two. of like ten. You can't go through ten. You're gonna be right. Have, no, no. I'm gonna list them. I'm gonna list them real quick. You ready? I'm ready. I'm shouting out all these guys. Take, take I all see my you, guys. Hoss. Take all my guys. I see you, Hoss. Keiko, Knowles, Snodgrass. Terrible name, by the way. I'm sorry. Snodgrass. My man is lucky. Better than my name, too, honestly. But (laughs) terrible. I understand. I feel you, Hoss, too, because terrible. Thank God his parents didn't name him Richard. Could you imagine people calling him Dick Snodgrass? Look at that combo. I don't know. I don't know. Tough, tough. Snodgrass, Knowles, Martell, McCune, Leong, Ogle, Keplinger, Halen. I see you, Hoss. There you go. You took I all see my you, pictures. Hoss. I, I, I can't follow that. What's the next list? Who'd you have? Who'd you have? I, I had. You know what? I, I, I didn't pick the obvious, but you named him. I picked Dallas Leong. He was my guy. Oh, yeah, man. Yo, I see you, Hoss. Four, man. Yeah, man. Next U.S. Open was qualified, I think, eighth or ninth. Yeah. Yo, I see you, Dallas, man. Keep keep grinding, yo, rookie of the year. I yo, see you, Hoss. If I, if I had to pick one, I mean – the obvious ones were Snodgrass, Knowles, and Keiko. Yo, Matt Sanders, right? man. I see you too, Hoss. Like, getting in there. 
Yo, we were. Um, I got I got him in a different category. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got him in a different category. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think you can give an ICU hoss to somebody that has a title. Okay. I don't think. Fair I enough. think. I think that's. I think that's code breaking. I do. I think that's Unreal a code breaking. Yeah. Uh, right. Mo- sorry, Mookie did not finish high enough to get an ICU hoss from me. I mean, after day one, if I saw him in the bowling alley, I would have been like fist bump. I see you, hoss, tied with Belmo. But yeah, after day two and three, nah. Sorry, you gotta. You got to earn it around here. All right, Rob. Uh, dumpster diving gold medal. Okay. Dumpster diving gold medal. This is where we give an award to someone who finished very low in the standings. Okay. We, the same guy. We, we go to the bottom of the standings and we work our way up. Go ahead. I mean, it's got to go to Arturo Quintero. No. <laughs> Why? Where was he? I, I must have missed that. Dude, Arturo Quintero finished 104th out of 108th. Really? Mm-hmm. How did I miss that while I was diving in the dumpster? Yeah, he was minus 454. So, I mean, he Mookie Betts beat him. <laughs> I mean, she, Shep Ramsey correcting me. The Ogle has a title. It's a doubles. It's a doubles title, though, Hoss. Still a title. It's a doubles title. It's not the same. All right. Yeah, not so the same. Sorry. Dumpster diving goes to Arturo Quintero. Sorry, bro. Yo, lo, 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 lo siento, senor. I hate <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm sorry i'm sorry that we get irreverent around here sometimes <laughs> i apologize really i mean we just want to have fun honestly do not please do not take us too seriously and do not take offense to anything we say we're just we're just here yo, to have fun hoss nice we're just chopping five, it up bro. i hate i mean yo like oh all right oh geez i got two can i get two here sure. can i get two yeah. My first one is Brent Boho, because I just because I just hate the way he throws it, and to see him at the bottom of the standings is like, well, I mean, come on, I, like you know, we're 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 shot we're shot putting out here, okay. Uh, my second one is uh, somebody met, uh, Jimmy J- Jimmy in the chat mentioned it, Brad Miller, Brad Miller, son, come on, you got all you got a hundred and some f- thousand followers on on oh, YouTube, you got a camera crew with you. You got video editing going on every day, and you're just sucking it up. Seriously, you're you're considering throwing all ten balls in a game just to see what happens at the U.S. Open. I mean, come on, bro. Yeah, we gotta we gotta do better. And my man comes into the season hype too. He comes into the season hype, and I understand he's he's one guy that I would look at and be like, yo, he's probably going to be sharp when the season starts. And so, yeah, to have a block got, like that, no. I good. got a question for you. So Oscu Palermo was in the Bull TV booth for a lot of the last day qual- uh, match play. Should they have even let him in the booth? I mean, the guy finished 88th. Like, why do I want to listen to his commentary? No, nah, they should let him in the booth. They, I, they, they, should, he, they should let him in the booth. By the way, though, and I, I, I'm going to give shouts to Oscu, though. He, he's down He's down low funny, man. Yeah. Like, he, him, and, him and AJ were good in the booth because they were kind of chirping at each other a little bit. Well, Bull Bol- TV did a great job. Bull TV, right? man. I like Bull TV. Both TV did a great job, dude. The way they're panning cameras though, back and forth, like, and the scores on the bottom showing like the scores every game, and like, yo, I mean, think about talk, talk about an upgrade. I mean, yo, it, I, I was happy with it. I, I, I was, you know. Anyway, Oscar was good in the booth. I give him credit, but I mean, my, yo, my guy finished eighty eighth. And listen, I, mean, I will take bronze medal for dumpster diving. I will take I will take anybody in the booth. Honestly, I will because like. <laughs> 
That's no, no, and I don't. No, I don't say that. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah. Listen, anybody who's out there bowling, I would like to hear from them in the booth, honestly. No, he's and, and here's why I say that. that. I don't. Right, he is. I don't say that with to, as any uh, like like pot shot at Mike Flanagan or any other announcer. But like, listen, the reason I pay a subscription fee is because I want to hear from the guys that are bowling. Like Mike did an excellent job of getting people in the booth, bringing in the leader of each squad, interviewing them after it was over. I'm I mean, these, job, man. these are the small touches that we want to see. You know, yeah. these are, these are the intricate things that the real fans want to see. And they did, they did an amazing, they did an amazing job. They did. I mean, there were some glitches here and there. I'm not, I, they did such a good job. I'm not even going to mention any of the little issues that I, that I encounter while using the technology and the app or whatever. They'll work it out. But man, the coverage was awesome. The coverage was coverage. awesome. It was amazing. No complaints from the coverage. Okay. Ride with, not ride. <laughs> ride with, not ride with. This is where Rob and I pick who we would want to ride to the next tournament with or who we would not want to ride to the next tournament with, okay, based off of what happened in said tournament, okay? So, Rob, you want to start here? Sure. Um, I'm going to go with who I'm not riding with. Okay. I, I, and this, you might think I'm crazy for picking – Kaiko, but I'm not riding with Kaiko. Really, dude? After the game he bowled on TV, do you really want to ride with him in in the car after after out bowling Kyle and going stone nine, stone ten, stone ten, seven pin, ten pin? Yo, I know that feeling at Bolero every Tuesday night. Yo, you don't want to ride with me back to my house and I'm bowling a freaking league. This guy's bowling for a U.S. Open title. Is bombing the pocket and he can't strike. Dude, I don't care if you finished third, even though it was a great tournament for him. And I'm sure like he was thrilled if you really look at the big picture of the tournament. But you're at that spot and you you have that good of a reaction and that good of a look and you can't strike. Yo, bro, I don't want to ride with him in the next tournament, honestly. See, no, now that's funny English. because <laughs> I had <laughs> like you can't speak English. <laughs> Maybe, but yo, I still I don't want to ride with someone who's gonna be miserable cursing in a language that I don't know. I actually had Kaiko and Santu as the as a as a ride for me. I had that as a ride. I mean, dude said he only wanted to make one show. And he made the U.S. Open show, and he finished third. He bowled a great game. Like you know, what more could you ask for if those were your those were your goals? So I had them as my ride. Like I'd be rocking out to some Finnish house music, chilling, eating some Finnish snacks in the back in the back seat. You know, it would be a Yo, great time. Mike, let me let me say who else I'm not riding with. I'm not riding with um, the bowling ball company uh, presidents. I, I'm. <laughs> I, I'm not you riding with uh, um, Bill Chrisman. <laughs> You're not taking the private plane. I'm not. I'm not no. taking the private plane with, with Bill Chrisman. I'm not riding with the Brunswick uh, president, whoever that is these days. Um, I'm not riding with. This is a, this is a great comment by Charlie Tap that Keiko had a table. He did have a. He table. gets a table. He That's gets great. a table, Rob. Um, I'm not riding with any of the lead or higher up uh, executives of any of the bowling ball companies. Or Patch Pirates. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. 10-year-old balls, urethane all over the place. Okay, let's talk 15 a little bit about 15-year-old balls. Let's no, we got, we got, no, we got to continue. Okay, we got to okay. continue. Okay. We got to continue with our rundown. We'll talk okay. about it after. Okay. All right, my not ride with, uh, my other ride with would be 
I, I saw on Twitter that Bill was doing an Ask Me Anything because he didn't have to drive, and he was driving with right, Tommy right, and right, DJ. Right, right, and right, I was right. thinking, oh, man, damn it. Put me in that car. Put me put me in the backseat passenger of that car, yo. I'm good. Uh, my not ride with would be Ronnie Russell. Oh. Ronnie Russell. 130 the last game to go from almost in the cut mm. to out of the cash. Mm. Uh, he was among the leaders early, okay? And he was pl- he was 89 over going into the last game. He shoots 135 and ends up plus 24. Cut for match play was 107. Mm. So 218 would have got him there. And the cut to cash was plus 34. So one 145 would have got him to the cash. Mm. And that was the lowest game of the week for him. I'm not riding with him. I'm sorry. That's gonna be that's gonna be a brutal ride. I had Maldonado on my list too. I ha- I also I had Maldonado on my list as well. Fourteen forty two his last block to miss the cut, but he cashed. He cashed. So like the difference between riding with him and riding with Ronnie Russell is probably like stopping at a nice place to eat versus eating at McDonald's. So I you know again I'd rather stop at let's say Texas Roadhouse and eat. So I'd probably probably pick Maldonado over over Ronnie Russell, perhaps. Okay, spare shooter, spare shooter. This is where Rob and I highlight uh, someone with a significant spare, a significant spare of some kind. We love spares around here. Rob, what do you got? I mean, it's it, it has to go to Kyle Troop, right? Absolutely, no I question. Mean, there's no especially no after that. Especially after they dropped that ninety nine point one percent single pin spare coverage on him during the show, and then he ended up missing that seven pin. And obviously, that seven pin honestly probably cost him a U.S. Open title. If you really and he missed the ten pin earlier in the show, and he almost missed the two four five against Tease. Yeah. So yeah, Kyle Troop spare shootout on this show, no doubt. All right, next category is milk carton. Oh, there's only milk one carton. For this. Okay, <laughs> milk carton. Milk Carton is where Rob and I highlight someone from the standings that, you know, we they've been missing for a while. They've been missing, and we saw their name pop up in the standings, and it's like, wow, this guy's been on the Milk Carton. Go ahead, Rob, who you got? There's only one Milk Carton answer. Jason Belmonte. <sighs> what? Oh, Dude, man. My guy finished. What What place did he finish? Where was he? Whoa. He, he Whoa. vanished. You selling that stock again? No. but No? Okay. I do believe, I really do believe that if anybody really hurt out of the U.S. Open being the first tournament, it was Jason Belmonte because of the fact that he even talked about just having to travel and then, you know, maybe he should have came in earlier. I don't know, but he said that, you know, I mean, yeah, you could call that an excuse or whatnot, but obviously something wasn't right for him to be minus 100, right? Fair enough. Milk Carton for me is Matt Sanders. Hoss, where you been? Milk Carton. He's been missing for a while, and he's back. He made an appearance. Makes oh, the cut. Dude, you look at it differently. Milk Carton, I'm like, yo, he's, he's hasn't been found. No, see, see that. I think you have Milk Carton wrong. You misremembered Milk Carton. Milk Carton is person's been on the Milk Carton. Oh, and now he's but back. But now they're back. Okay. Now they're here again. Okay. okay. So Stuart I gave Williams. It- Stuart Williams, Williams good milk milk if you really want to look at that. Yeah, you could you could also say Marshall Kent, 
you know, some people would argue, oh, he won a title last year. It was a doubles title, and he bowled horribly uh, in the performance of that title. But I'll go Matt Sanders. I'll go okay. Matt Sanders. Uh, I agree with that. Milk carton. Okay. Sure. Uh, all right, that's it. That's our rundown. That's Dude, our rundown, Hoss. Yeah, yeah. I got I got some special mentions here uh, for the from the fans. Special mentions. Special mention to the fan that held up the picture of Kyle and Guppy. Uh, special mention to the guy that yelled, we believe in you at Marshall Kent when he went to shoot the two Ted in the 10th and he needed to make it to win. Some guy yelled out, we believe in you. I thought that was great. Uh, shout to the guy with the hand bone sign that that was an amazing sign. Yo. Oh, I didn't see it. Very well done sign. Very well done sign. Can we, somebody find that person. Can we get a sweep the rack sign? Ooh. Can we get a sweep the rack sign, Mike. please, from that same person? Could you imagine? They did, they did Mike, an amazing job. Like yelling like this? Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, finally, the lady that yelled, go home, when the crowd was, st was still rooting for Troop uh, as EJ Tackett got up and he had to put, put the ball down and kind of refocus. Uh, she yelled, go home, to the guy who was uh, drunk and rowdy. No, if I'm ever in the crowd on the show, I'm going to make a few signs. One's going to say epidemic. And then every time someone misses a single pin spare, I'm just going to hold the epidemic sign up. Worst of the week with the logo. Dude, that All right. You want to talk balls? Let's talk yeah, balls. Dude. Yeah. Yo, what? Like, now I want your honest opinion here. Does it really show that, the, like, if the pros, you have five pros on a U.S. Open title matched, top five stepladder? And not one of them is using a ball that was made in the last, what, like the UC2 might be the newest ball thrown on that show, right? Pitch black, pitch black. Um, Idol, right? Was he throwing Idol, Idol both lanes? Idol and uh, I forget what the ball on the oh, right oh, lane oh, was. Oh, 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 Fuck, dude. Um, I I know what it was. Yeah, maybe like a uh, one of those. Fuck. Um, I'll get it. But yeah, it's like a last like Alpha two, Crux. Alpha Crux. Alpha Crux. Was, yeah. Like, what, like two, old three years. Old. Yep. The Game Breaker Two is a re is a reproduced version of it, right? So like you could say that that's new, but the name of the ball isn't new. So well, let me ask you though. I'm curious your opinion. What does that show that they're not using a ball? Let's just say like that was made in the last maybe a year or year or two all these new releases there's hundreds of new releases every four months new release there best ball ever longer and stronger patch pirates longer and stronger yeah on the on the first show the first show stealth right yeah the right. stealth the I track stealth that's what okay. kent was using so let's just say this 10 players right nine player nine player stepladder they're really i mean eight of them eight of them are using older ball years i, I mean i'll show you I, well, listen, I, I said, I think on this pod or on Twitter, you know, rather recently, like, it surprises me that guys don't throw the stuff that they most like or that they have the most success with over and over again, as opposed to always throwing new stuff. So question, my uh, Dave, in the, in the chat, that means the companies are not giving incentives. Do you agree with that? Are they not financially motivated? I don't think of course they're not financially motivated. They're they're financially motivated to make the show and, and the win. win because that's how you get a good contract. 
But if right? they that's how you're going to get a better deal. Then, would they be throwing the releases? Uh, yeah, of course. If the ball companies took away the ball contracts no, and did it, it totally based off money. of incentives, not only would you see guys throwing uh, newer stuff, you would see guys throwing stuff from different companies show to show like you used to see in the 90s where yeah. like Mike Albee one show would be throwing a Brunswick zone and then the next show would be throwing a Columbia 300 Cuda, you know, and, and he was one of the few that or Norm Duke, Norm Duke used to switch back and forth. Norm Duke used to throw storm. Then he'd throw Columbia. Then he threw that, uh, P, uh, the P three P I forget what the bowling ball manufacturer was, but he, it was, it was actually his ball. It had his name on it. So here's, here's an interesting Walker question. Was a free agent too. Yeah, if if they don't if this were to continue, right? And the ball companies get fed up with these guys using older stuff on shows, older stuff in tournaments, never, you know, not really featuring the new products. Could you see the companies going back to incentives rather than yearly contracts? I can't because I think it would it it, it honestly it would probably make it impossible for a lot of the players to even go out and compete. It's just it's it's weird because I remember like maybe look times are changing. Obviously, if they changed from when we were growing up watching television, but you used to see the pros. I mean, they were throwing mostly all new releases, stuff you didn't even know that was coming out yet at the time. Um, and now you're looking at pitch blacks getting thrown and you know, stuff that are like literally like I don't know how old is that pitch black? That thing is over like five or ten years old at this point, it's still getting thrown. Um, you could probably put that as one of the top five greatest balls ever made, the pitch black. Um, but it's just interesting to me that the companies are all promoting all over social media the new releases. But when it comes to push to shove, Mike, when it comes time, when it really comes time to show the ball's performance on a on a tough shot, you don't see any of them throwing any of the new releases. You know what that shows me? That shows me that the new releases aren't made essentially for a, a lot of certain conditions that the pros are bowling on, honestly. To, to, to be I, I, don't, I don't know. I think it shows that guys see ball reaction they really like and want to stick with that ball reaction. Well, obviously the new we all know what that's reaction like. they like, though, then, right? There's yeah, a lot but, of new but, trying, but trying to create that reaction with a new ball isn't, I don't think, is always so easy. You There's know? a lot of new urethane releases, too. Storm has a ton of new urethane releases. Dude, Hammer has a ton of urethane releases. Brunswick, ton of urethane releases, but they're still sticking with the purple hammer and the pitch black. And it just shows you that, look, like when you make a ball that's that good, it's really also hard to reproduce it. Yeah, I mean, fair fair point by Kevin in the chat here. Phase two, pitch black, purple hammer, all seem to be tried and true. Just saying, yeah, there's a, a lot of examples of that. So like, Another question here. Uh, should, sh like, if we started a bowling ball company, right, and we come out, let's say we're 10 years in, okay. and now we have, like, two, maybe four, five, six really great established balls. Yeah, right? you have your benchmark. Is it smarter to pro keep producing new balls and just keep producing and producing and try and hit the bullseye again? Or should we keep producing those balls that we know are home runs and perhaps price the ball based off of how great the ball is. 
No, because look, there's a, let me tell you something. There's a reason why they're doing it the way they're doing it because they could still make those balls. They're still making pitch blacks. They're still making purple hammers. And yet they could still fill the need of the patch pirate that needs the next new greatest ball made. You know what I mean? Now, what my problem is, is that they're just making way too many of them really too fast. And I saw a couple of people, I saw Todd Carter in the chat, right? It's new stuff coming out too fast. Yo, when I, I talk to Bill, sometimes I'll call Bill when, I, when I'm drilling bowling balls. And I'll be like, yo, Bill, like, what should I drill? Like, you have a good, like, pulse on, like, what's going on? He's like, no, I don't. He's like, dude, he's like, I, 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 I can't throw everything. And he's right. Like, he can't throw everything. Dude, Brunswick, how many brands they have? Look, we've beat this horse so many times. But for me, just seeing the pros on national TV in a U.S. Open shot, um, not throwing new releases, and I'm talking new releases, everything, urethane, uh, performance, um, it just shows you that, yeah, the pros don't trust the new releases, and the new releases might not be the best look for these guys on these type of conditions. Uh, Ernie Lukax in the chat. Nice bowling over the weekend at the Jersey State Masters, by the way, Hoss. He says uh, the pros had to pick 10 balls at the beginning of the week, so they're not going to use a new ball without knowing uh, what they do. But with that they said, they got, to, they got to reshuffle, though, Ernie. They got to reshuffle before the top 24. I don't know if they were allowed to reshuffle before the show or not. And, yeah, I mean, you would imagine that still some of the new balls are, are going to make its way in. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this this topic, Rob, because um, I think it's more because, you know, guys like certain ball reaction and they fall in love with ball reaction. You know, we all I, know I what that's too. like. We all we too. all have those bowling balls that we just love the way that ball rolled for us. Oh, and we just love the way man. that ball reacted. And we were very familiar with that ball's reaction. We We knew what it was going to do. We were confident in it. And I think that there's a lot to be said for that in choosing a bowling ball to throw, especially on something tough. So, yeah, it's, if, if a guy's going to choose between, oh, this brand-new ball that just came out that they don't have that level of confidence confidence in or this uh, 10-year-old ball that they that they have a ton of confidence in, you know, to me, if I'm trying to win, I'm going with the one I have confidence well, in all the time. You see that more often with, with two-handers especially because the two-handers, they can create power with their rev rate. So they don't need, you know, fancy new reactions. They could make urethane strike just as much as a new release. I mean, you see that with guys like, you know, Jesper Svensson and Kyle Troop. And these guys, they don't need the fancy new reaction. They, they have what they need to strike because of their rev rate and their power generated by their style. Yeah, fancy in the chat saying we all have an all-time favorite. Listen, there's a lot of bowling balls I'm in love with over the years. A lot of bowling balls I'm in love with over the years. I got way more than one all-time favorite, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are the same. We all we all have numerous all-time favorites that we like. Yep. But all right, man, yeah. Rob, I feel like I feel like we did that tournament justice in our rundown. Yes, sir. You want to give the people what they want? You want to do a rest of the oh, week? Oh, we know what the people come for, son. All right, let's do it. All right, you want to go first? Do you yeah. want me the guy? I have so many choices. I know you do. Worst of the I, week. It's ridiculous. My worst of the week 
and I'm going to start because it's, this is a very um, – there wasn't one specific worst of the week. It was just a string of comments on um, the bar stool. Now, I don't know what happened, Mike. And someone texted me. One of my really close friends texted me. He's like, what is this, like, new obsession, like, with P. Weber? You know what I mean? Like, what – why all of a sudden did Barstool start putting out the P. Weber story? Um claiming Barstool all of a sudden, you know, like re-energized this story with P. Weber, right? Mike. Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, because so, he went on part of my take. Okay. He went so, on part of my take, and they asked him, are you bowling? Yeah. Right? And he was like, well, I wasn't invited, you know? Like, he, he played it off like he, he didn't get an invite, which, let's be honest, isn't necessarily the full story, Okay. You know, it should have said, "Oh well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a limited field, and I retired, and oh, therefore they, they didn't send me an invite." I mean, to suggest that to suggest that Pete Weber doesn't get an invite to the U.S. Open if he wants it is just re it's ludicrous. That's well, ludicrous. But yes, the original way that it became popular, right? yeah, it was Mahomes tweeting it out. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, so my worst of the week goes to the comments on. The, the Barstool story about Pete Weber, uh, you know, not being able to bowl the U.S. Open and then yelling at a 12-year-old, which, I mean, look, we covered that story when it happened, right? We knew ages ago that that's what the story was, right? So Barstool all of a sudden picks it up with the comments, right, of these people who don't follow bowling, right? Mick, uh, they're calling the PBA a Mickey Mouse club. <laughs> and no, uh, I tweeted out, you have to go read these comments. Yo, hating, hating on the PBA for not letting, or the USBC for not letting Pete Weber bowl. Even Lucas Wiseman, uh, you know, responded to uh, one of the Barstool people and was like, yo, where, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, say it, but he, he, they were asking, like, who's the guy responsible for like skull fucking Pete Weber or something to that nature? <laughs> and yeah. Lucas Wiseman, like, literally was like Chad Murphy, executive director. <laughs> yeah. USBC. Here, yo, here's his email. Yo, the funny thing about it is, is like the comments and the reactions of people who aren't really so involved in our in, in our sport were were was gold. It was so it was so great. So if you get a chance, people go on Twitter, find these tweets from Barstool uh, when they're showcasing Pete Weber uh, and part of my take, and then read the comments and the threads. You will not be disappointed. I promise you all. So I. I think you got to realize if you don't listen to part of my take that part of what they do is sort of like tongue in cheek, you know, Oh, we don't really know what's going on. Yeah. But their particular podcast, the way they do it is like tongue in cheek. We don't know what's going on. They kept saying he was banned. Mark Henry, the world's strongest man in our chat. Yeah. He kept saying PDW was banned. (laughs) Even, Even if, even if they know what's going on, they will play like they don't know what's going on just to sort of create a story, I guess. Like that's what they do on the on this podcast. So I took it as a joke. I did. I took it like they gotta know that he really he had to have told them, like, listen, there's no way I could even bowl 24 games in the qualifying and finish. So you know, there's no way I would bowl. Uh yeah, it, like he had to have told them that at some point. So I kind of felt like they were doing it in a tongue-in-cheek way, but to me, it was very funny. It was it was extremely entertaining and oh, funny hilarious. to see some of those comments and read some of those great. comments. We're definitely worst of the week, though. 
my worst of the week, I told everybody. And let me say something. My wife kicked me off of her Facebook. You all know this, okay? So I started a burner Facebook. Oh, you right? did. I'm not, I yes, I did. I'm not giving it out to anybody. Did you go okay? in the USBC group? Are you, are you in there yet? I'm back in all the groups. <laughs> I'm in every group. Yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere, okay? <laughs> I'm everywhere, baby. Oh, I'm going to try to right? find this now. I got um, go to start my own burner to find your burner. And I'm um, – I'm you know, right now, bro. You, you know that whenever, whenever I see any examples of patch piracy, I'm going to come at said patch pirate. Okay, oh, I can't a wait. Perspective to get patch pirate, for that Ooh. matter. Are you you're gonna stay away from Tim Buck though? I hope. I'm not gonna poke the bear. Okay, I'll Mom. say that I'm not Mom. gonna poke the bear. See that because I want right? to be there. I want to be there for the material, but. I'm also, I'm going to be honest, I'm in so many bowling groups now that I don't even pay much attention to Tim Buck and his nonsense because there's so much good material out there. I don't even need to highlight Tim Buck, the goat, and his nonsense page. I love that you have a burner. Okay. I've heard all day. Uh, Oh, son, if you knew what I was doing on this burner. I'll tell I'll tell you off the air, right? When when we have time, I'll do a phone call. I'll tell you off the air. Some of what's been going now. Uh Motive Bowling Facebook page, okay? Motive Bowling Facebook page, post by Mike Cunliffe. (laughs) Mike Cunliffe, okay? I think so. Mike Cunliffe, here's the post. It's a short one. It's a quick one. You'll all get it. How do I get sponsored? That was it? That was the post? That's the post. What were the responses? Thirty-one comments at the time. I didn't even bother to read them. You oh, think I'm gonna, you think I'm gonna read responses from a bunch of patch pirates telling telling other people how to engage in patch piracy? I don't support that at all. Worst of the week, Mike Cunliffe. You know how you get sponsored? Win some shit. How about that? Or, win win some shit. Or buy a pro shop. <laughs> no, no, no. Win some shit. What do you mean? Buy a pro shop. That's how you get no, sponsored too. No, but it shouldn't be that way. That's what I'm saying. It shouldn't That's, be that way. But you're look, you're asking how to get sponsored. There's only two tickets. Well, the, well really, it's people. work at a pro shop. Affiliate yourself with a pro shop. Work. Even even kiss ass of pro shop owner who's connected to ball company, and that will get you sponsored these days. Okay. You know, but f- Fancy's in the chat saying build a resume and get back to the sport. Damn right, Fancy. But Fancy, you know who we're talking about here? We're talking about Patch Pirates, Fancy. Okay? We're not talking about the real bowlers that spend spend their careers building a res- resume, giving back to the sport and deserve the support. We're t- Fancy, we're talking about Patch Pirates here. Patch Pirates. Okay? They don't care about any of that. All right? Don't care about none of that. All right, so yeah, Mike Cunliffe, Mike Cunliffe, however you pronounce it, worst of the week, worst of the week. Okay, I love it. You want to get a you want to get a sponsorship? How about win win something and earn it? Go cash, go cash in multiple regionals in a season. I think uh, I think I, I'm I'm surprised that Bill didn't get worst of the week, but I was hoping you give him that worst of the week. No, no, that was a fair answer for those who don't. <laughs> For those who don't know what Rob's referring to, uh, Bill didn't ask me anything, and some who was well, it was Jimmy, Jimmy was smart ass Jimmy, yeah, well, smart ass Jimmy trying to start sure. trouble. 
uh, asked Bill, who would you bowl with in a doubles event, Rob or Mike, if you had to choose between the two? And of course, political Bill doesn't want to doesn't want to get either one of us angry at him. Doesn't want to text or phone call from either one of us. Says if it was on something challenging, I'd bowl with Rob. But if it was on house, I'd probably bowl with Mike. And he knew what he was doing with that. This was this was such a. I mean, great for you. I'm I'm sure you feel good about it. You know, not so great for me, especially because I come on this podcast and talk shit. Every week about how I hate house you know, shots and they have no place in the game. And you know that he was doing it on purpose. House shot Mike. That's it. House hot Mike. Yeah, Dude, that's the new nickname, Big Mike. It's now house house hack Mike. Mike. Yeah, is that who I am? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah all right, I appreciate that. But yes, you know, uh, I'm not going to give him worse of the week for that. I'm not going to give him worse of the week for that. No, no. There's there's much worse out there. There's much worse no, out there. That that was actually that fair. It was actually fair. I mean. If I, you, you know, I probably pick you in that you, given those two choices. Used to pick me. Now I couldn't do. Uh, well, I was I gonna, I was gonna tweet back and say, you know, I'm averaging almost 200 now in my sport almost, league. So almost beating know, me in my. I, I, I am, I am a, a somewhat near to being a scratch bowler at this point. So you gotta, I mean, you gotta get into the mix. The tad is this week, man. You should have been out there bowling. No, right? I'm bowling Greg Tack Saturday. Definitely. No, you got to get out and bowl. Outside of the East Coast oh, area, man. I got to make spares first, bro. Let me get through a tournament without missing 100 pins worth of easy spares, and then we'll talk. Dude, it's not hard. Spares is just practice, bro. You just I know. Practice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the training center later this week, put some spare work in. You don't in. even need to go to the freaking – No, I need to have just game. that pin. Because it's different. Like, shooting at a full rack, it's so much easier to relax and just throw it towards the pin. But when it's just the one pin up there – and it's a tournament, and there's all these people waiting to go, and you got to get up there and shoot it. It's like it becomes like an alley, and I it's need mental. To just, I know I need to just build game. my confidence with that. But all right, uh, wrap it up. Oh my goodness! Super super overtime on a Monday. What up? Is there PBA ball this week? I didn't even look. I yeah, there. they're in Springfield, I believe. Springfield Open. Okay. Uh, step ladder, step ladder Saturday. On Bowl TV, right? On no Bowl area. TV only. Yeah, on Bowl TV only. But yeah, step ladder Saturday. 25,000. 25,000 for first. When does qualifying start? Wednesday? Wednesday. PTQ Tuesday. Mm. Bowling's back. Bowling is back. Super Bowl. Let's talk Super Bowl real quick. I don't care. Birds. I'm not asking about who's going to win. We already know what, what you're riding. What I'm more curious, yo, is what is a Super Bowl spread look like when the Eagles make the Super Bowl? Are you getting it catered? Are you bringing food in? Are you what, 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 what kind of food distribution are we looking at here? My plans are actually up in the air right now, if you can what? believe that. Yeah, I don't really? even have set plans. Yeah, because uh, I'm, the people that I want to watch the game with, we don't really have a central location to watch the game mm. for the number of people that we want to have there watching the game. Uh, so, yeah, we're still up in the air about what we're doing on that. Uh, so let's talk personally. Personally, I'm trying to talk the wife into going to AC for mm-hmm. Sunday and watching the Super Bowl in AC, staying hey, over at AC Sunday night. But get tickets to the game, man. You you have a place to stay no, here. Hotels no, are like too much. 5, I went a night. 
I went to the World Series. I went to the World Series, you know. Uh, I went to a World Series game with moms, and uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good on major sporting events for the year, especially right, with so the let's talk predictions because you're not going to like my predictions. So, what do you uh, think? What's the I would expect nothing right less. I don't know. I haven't even looked at the lines. Right, so I think it's probably around 50. That would be my guess 51, 52. Could be wrong there. Maybe young. What do you think the score is going to be? It's uh, it's so hard to say. Uh, I know what the score is going to be. I have the score right in front of me. Uh, I'm going to say 31-27 Eagles. Ooh, close. All right. 35-28 Chiefs. Okay. And you're, you're talking blowout. I think the Eagles, and I'm I'm gonna be straight here. I think the Eagles are a little overrated this year. They have had an easy schedule, regular season. I think they they weren't they were playing garbage all year. They beat the Giants and they beat a really really banged up Niners. I think they're in for a rude awakening and a wake up call in the finals in the Super Bowl. I will see. Uh... I will say that that this is probably the best team we've played all year. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. Because I'd follow the Eagles. But with I, that said, uh, I think we match up well against them. I do. I think we match up well. So right, we'll see. I hope it's a good game. You know, I'll be doing something. Don't worry about me. I want to hear. Don't worry about me. You hosted. I'm looking forward to hear about your spread next time. I mean, Monday. if I end up staying home by myself, yeah, I'm still getting. It's going to be a catered spread fun. just for me. Right. I mean, we'll have we'll have wings, barbecue, whatever. But yeah, if I I don't know, I might be going out to watch it somewhere. I, I don't I really don't know yet. I got to see. So hit a bill, man. You should like. Yeah, he's away. Oh yeah, he's bowling. Hey, he's away. He's away bowling. Otherwise, yeah, I'd be like. I, I, otherwise, I'd invite myself to his house. I'd invite myself to his house <laughs> and all the people I want to watch the game. And, uh, everybody so, yeah, just show just show up here and bring food. But, uh, yeah, so listen, go Birds, okay? Everybody enjoy the big game. Everybody enjoy bowling this weekend. I mean, what a weekend I'm going to have. I'm bowling on Saturday. Bowling's on on Saturday. Super Bowl on Sunday. So, listen, everybody, take it easy. We'll be back next week awesome. all right, with another like. another PBA rundown. No, like and subscribe this video on YouTube. Subscribe, like subscribe, please. please. Yes, yeah, subscribe. You know, we're nowhere near 100,000 followers like these other big dogs in the bowling community. Help us out. All right, and uh, spread the word. Spread the word. If you like the rundown, be prepared next week and get along with us. Follow us on social media. I'm at the 215th. He's at Brook and Rob 11. Uh, guys, have a good week. Hit us up. Later. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.